today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. For that city whose builder and maker is the Lord. And Peter is saying, stay homesick. Recognize that you're to feel like a stranger, like you're out of place in this world. That will help you because in the struggles and trials and testings, you'll be able to recognize, I'm just passing through. Reaching up high. Arms open wide, we see You're changing our lives So we can be our heads and feet The moment a person gives their life to Jesus, the world ceases to become their home. In today's message, Pastor Ed teaches us that because Christians have been given new hearts with new godly desires, they will feel like aliens in this fallen world. All of God's people eagerly wait for the day when they'll become called home by their Heavenly Father. Until then, Christians must recognize that they're simply passing through this world and are here to tell others about the promised Heavenly Kingdom for those who would believe and give their life to Jesus. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. was concerned about this church, the people that had come into the kingdom, both Jewish believers and Gentile believers that made up the churches in Turkey. His concern was expressed by a deep sense of emotion, and that's why I used the English Standard Version, because I felt it conveyed it a little more. Uh, he's saying, my beloved. He, he felt a deep love for the people of God. And he spoke urging them. There was an intensity within him. There was a sense of urgency within him. That they would walk the walk. That they would live for God. His concern was that the pressures outside them would get inside them. The goals, the ambitions, the temptations, the purposes of the world that just surrounded them, that people buy into, would get into their hearts and spirits. In the midst of their pressures, they would become like the world around them. They would fall back to their old ways. And so Peter, with a sense of urgency, pleads with them. Pleads with them to give glory to God by the life they live so that they might draw men to God. When we go through hard times, when we go through trials, God is with us every step of the way. And he gives us his grace. He pours into us the grace of God. Now, that grace can be to no avail if we don't utilize it and if we don't yield to it. Or that grace, if we lay hold of it, can be transformed into glory. In fact, one writer said it this way. Glory 
is perfected grace. You see it illustrated in the life of Joseph. Joseph is betrayed by his brothers, sold into bondage to the Egyptians. And then Joseph is still trying to walk the noble walk when he resists temptation and refuses refuses to submit to the advancements of Potiphar's wife. And then when he does, he's falsely accused. He is slandered. But all the while, God was with him. And Joseph was yielding to the grace that God gave him in the midst of that situation, in the midst of that circumstance. What happens? If you look at Joseph's life, you see a portrait of Jesus. So like Christ. Because in the midst of suffering, he yielded to God. Peter is writing to a suffering church. Christians that are under pressure and being stressed by the circumstances of their lives. And he's going to, in these verses, give five principles that will help them live lives to the glory of God and draw men to God. The very first principle that he writes about in verse 11 is an outlook that you and I are to embrace. Notice in verse 11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. It's a way of saying We're strangers in this world. We don't belong to this world. Now the temptation is to want to feel a part of the world. But God puts a holy discomfort in us for this world. An unsettledness about us that we recognize this world isn't our permanent home. And that's what he's trying to convey to them. Remember, embrace the truth that you're an alien that you are someone who is a foreigner, a stranger. All of us have been in places where, or situations where we have felt out of place. Maybe you happened to one day go into a, a room and people were speaking a different language than you spoke. And you were the only one who was speaking English or your language. And you felt sort of lost at that. Or perhaps you happened to wander into some room and there you were with a bunch of nuclear physicists. And suddenly you said, oh, this is above me. And you realized you didn't get their lingo. You didn't get their language. You just felt simply out of place. What he's saying that there is a holy discontent that we are to embrace Recognizing that this present world is not where we're to set up our residency. Now, Paul tells us in Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're waiting for him. So we're living with anticipation of his coming. We're recognizing that these days are short. Oftentimes when I'm with people and they're getting ready to leave this present world, I'll talk about heaven with them. 
I'll talk about them crossing the Jordan. I put it in those terms. To be with the Lord. Well, all of us, one day, if our Savior tarries, we'll cross the Jordan. The journey in this world will come to an end. But we weren't made to stay in this world. We were made for a world to come. Our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, My good friend, uh, Pastor Jim Mao, who's been here numerous times to preach, told me of when he was in Germany. He was stationed, he was in the army, he was stationed there. And he said he took a picture of the skyline of New York City because he grew up in New York City and he had lived there. And he said, I would just look at that skyline of New York City and it would remind me of my home as I was in a foreign land. What Peter says is take up and look at the word and think about heaven. Think about your citizenship. Think about where your inheritance is. This world is not our permanent residence. In Hebrews, the 13th chapter, the 14th verse, in the New Living Translation, it says, For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Are you homesick? Are you homesick for that city whose builder and maker is the Lord? And Peter is saying, stay homesick. Recognize that you're to feel like a stranger, like you're out of place in this world. That will help you because in the struggles and trials and testings, you'll be able to recognize, I'm just passing through. It's not a permanent residence here. It's a short time in this world. I'm journeying to heaven. It'll help you bring glory to God and draw people to the Father. The second principle that he looks at is found again in verse 11. The control that you and I are to exercise throughout our Christian journey. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions from the fl- of the flesh. Now immediately when we hear that, what do we think of? Well, sexual sin. And sexual sin is a temptation, and he's referring to that, but he's not limiting himself to that. When he speaks about passion, it means a strong desire, something that you have a great passion for. Well, you know, we could cross the line even in the area of good things. You could get so occupied with playing Scrabble on the computer with your friends that you could forget to read the word. It can happen. Or or you could get so occupied with playing video games on the computer that hours have gone by and you haven't spent any time talking to the Lord. We can have a passion for good things that crosses the line and it becomes a bad thing. We could have a passion for good things that we neglect the best thing. And that's our relationship to God. This passion, he says, abstain from it. And what is he referring to? Well, it's also referring to out-and-out sin, those things that are wrong. Uh, Paul the Apostle gives a list of some of those things. In Galatians 5, 19-21, 
When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Then notice this. Notice the next statement. And other sins like these. But then he goes on to say, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa! What he is saying is, those passions can so grip your heart to pull you off the narrow and the straight path onto the broad road leading to destruction. So Peter is saying, abstain from those things that are attractive to us in our sinful nature. We have a a new man and an old man inside of us, and it depends on what man you feed is which is going to grow stronger. So he he tells us to be real careful. Uh, What happens? um, How do we protect ourselves? Well, the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So we take the word and we hide it in our heart. We meditate on it. We study it. Well, practicing the spiritual disciplines, that will help you as well. Having times of solitude with God where you simply listen and you hear his voice. Fasting, prayer, you're teaching yourself to say no to the old nature and yes to the new nature. You're you're teaching yourself to say yes to God and his ways. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, cultivate a hunger for God's presence. Do you know you could actually like coming to church? Yeah, you can. It'll work. You cultivate a hunger for God, you're going to say, you know, I don't want to be late. I I want to be there in the house of the Lord. And then you can say, good, Pastor Jones is going to preach a longer sermon today. I just, uh, I needed that. (laughs) I mean, you could actually cultivate a hunger for the things of God where you want God. And that's what he's encouraging us to do. He says, abstain. Keep away from, stay away from those things, that pull of the old nature on you. If you don't go up to the cliff, you won't fall off. If you stay away from the cliff, you'll be okay. It's been said, real glory springs from the silent conquest of ourselves. The greatest battles you ever fight are not the battles outside of you, but the battles on the inside. Those are the battles that are the greatest. And if you could conquer yourself, and you can say yes to God, no to the flesh, yes to the new man, And crucify the old man. You will bring glory to God. And you will draw men to God. So he's talking about the principles. uh, Our outlook. 
we are to embrace the truth that we are strangers, we are pilgrims, we are aliens in this world. We, this isn't our permanent residence. We're just passing through. And then he says, abstain from those inclinations that are with us all through the journey that you have to put to death. Then he gives us another principle. The danger we are to escape. You don't have to be at war with yourself. You don't have to be a walking civil war. You could be at peace. The peace that God gives when he sits on the throne of our heart. Again in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which war against your soul. The old nature wants to reach out and take the new nature captive. And when you're captured by the old nature, you're in a prison house of carnality. He tells us, as a believer, as a Christian, don't be enslaved to the flesh. Don't be enslaved to the old ways. Let that higher nature plant your feet on higher ground. Don't let the enemy pull you down back into the miry clay. We can create our own internal wars. Conflicts inside. And when that happens... It sabotages our relationship with God. It trips us up so that we can't be nor can we do what God wants us to do and what God wants us to be. Paul the Apostle describes this state, the state of a person who's not walking in the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 verse 17. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Oh, I want to pray, and you don't pray. Oh, I want to read the word, and you don't read the word. Oh, I want to witness, and then you don't. When you begin to think, all right, I am a pilgrim. I'm just passing through this land. I'm an alien. I'm a stranger. I'm a sojourner. I'm just going. I got to abstain from the desires of the flesh because I've been called to walk in the spirit and in the kingdom of God I got to resist that old nature and submit to God so that a new nature could grow I got to feed the new nature and as you begin to think about that there's an internal peace and tranquility that's in your heart in the midst of the worst of storms he leads us on to another principle a principle by which you may give glory to God and draw people to your heavenly Father. The conduct we are to exhibit. Verse 12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds. Now, there was a lot of slander. There was a lot of cutting remarks about those early Christians. They claimed that they were cannibals because they celebrated communion, the body and the blood of Christ. Uh, they called it a love feast and they said, well, they're in orgies. They said all sorts of lies about those early Christians and they were persecuted because 
of that that was going on. And what he was saying is this. Don't respond in kind. How do you respond? Conduct among the gent honorable. Uh, good deeds. There's something about doing the right thing in the face of the wrong circumstances that come against you. Will you do the right thing even though people do the wrong thing? Uh, when we wind up saying, God, this person has used me and misused me, but I'm going to bless them. When people curse you and you pray for their good, doesn't that sound like Jesus? When you're in the midst of circumstances and someone gives you a wrong turn and you give them the right turn. When you do that, what's happening is you are doing what's honorable. You are doing the right thing. Our good deeds also have a way of pointing people to Jesus. They're like signposts saying, there's the Lord. They'll remind people of Jesus. What happened in the storm Sandy when Samaritan Purse went in and they were ministering to all sorts of people along the shore in New York and New Jersey. Many people came to Christ just out of the good deeds. Pastor Jeff Banky gave testimony a number of Sundays who people received the Lord because we reached out doing the right thing, good things in the midst of people's pain and suffering. Titus. Paul writes, the saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to what? Good works. So you're in a situation where your spouse hasn't been giving their best to the marriage, and they haven't been treating you well. Or you're in a situation where a co-worker is putting you down. Or you're in a circumstance where the holidays are approaching and you're going to have family members over and that extra grace relative is going to be there. That just sets you on edge. Well, listen to what Peter says. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. So you pass the potatoes. You don't throw it at them. <laughs> this idea of exhibiting good conduct. That's the fourth principle. So as we're looking at how can we live lives to the glory of God so that men will be drawn to the Father. Well, we want to exhibit God's character in the midst of trying, testing times. And the last thing that he mentions is, there's a result that you can bank on, that you can expect. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. We're so glad you joined us today for another edition of Building in Faith as Dr. Edward Jones teaches through the book of 1 Peter. We hope that this message series will open your eyes to the truth of how Jesus can impact your everyday life through the highs and lows, 
the triumphs and the trials. If you have yet to discover just how wonderful this life with Jesus can be, we'd love to tell you more. A relationship with Jesus is the greatest relationship you will ever have. Please feel free to get in contact with us by calling 845-462-5955. If you'd like to learn more about the Building in Faith radio ministry or to hear more messages from Pastor Ed, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. There, you'll also find more information about Pastor Ed and the other staff members of Faith Assembly. Our church has weekly services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And we'd be honored to have you join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area. Each service is spent fellowshipping with other believers, learning more about our Savior, and praising Him for all He has done for us. Location information can be found at our website, buildinginfaithradio.com. We hope today's message has blessed you and that no matter what is happening in your life right now, you're turning to Jesus for the love and guidance you need. Please join us next time on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Your word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a way that we can be building in faith. Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio, willowcreek.com summit.